Hello everyone. Welcome to MMA with the Big Fella. Firstly, a little bit of a low-key episode this week. I feel like absolute fucking death. I haven't been in work. <coughs> You're going to hear me dad breathing probably into the mic the whole time. Is what it is. Um, got some shitty virus. Doctors just say I've got just got to wait for it to uh, get out of my system. Cheers, guys. And they, you know, when they look at you like, oh well, yeah, who gives a shit about you? You're nothing to come in here. So, oh well, worst things happen at sea. Um. Anyway, let's talk about the big news. Well, actually, let's go into the Pfizer of the weekend. Well, I mean, there's not many that I want to talk about, but uh, one in particular is Stephen Thompson versus Anthony Pettis. I mean, Pettis came into that. There's a heavy underdog in that fight. Um, I didn't really see it again. Again, it's great for me to be able to say it post, but Wonderboy's one of those guys where he's great, but he doesn't really like adversity very much. And I thought that Pettis, no matter what, with his new style of going forward, etc., thought he was always going to give him that trouble. Um so yeah, to me it was never as cut and dry as Stephen Thompson winning. A lot of people seem to think that that was it. That was the only option. I didn't really get it again. But Pettis actually ended up fucking destroying him with uh, with a Superman punch. Initially I thought it was off the cage. It wasn't. It was just a great, great punch. And it didn't look like much. But my God, he hit him right on the button. Sparked him out cold. Thompson, in fairness to him, since then has been really fucking good about it. He's been a, a an actual, a, you know, a gracious loser, which is unusual in martial arts. Nobody's like, well, fucking run it back again. It's unfair. Nah, Thompson just like, well, fuck me. Didn't even see the bastard coming, but oh well, it got me. Um, I didn't watch all of this card. I'll be completely honest with you. Not a lot of it enticed me about this one. It was only. The main event that I was really interested in. Um, Curtis plays Justin Willis was exactly what I thought it was going to be a snooze fest. Mag Desi versus Panita also snooze fest. In fact, I think I turned that off halfway through the first round. It was that bad. I just couldn't even deal with it. Um, Penny versus Peterson was alright. And Mitchell versus Moffat was a good fight. They won by the night. But other than that, wasn't much to write home about, particularly after the event the weekend before, which was really fucking solid. Um, this one, this one was poor. Um, but the news of this week that everyone's going to obviously be talking about, Conor McGregor's done it again. He's retired for the second time in three years, and both times have come during a moment when Conor McGregor is trying to negotiate with the UFC. The problem is now, while that may have worked in 2016, it's not the same as it was then. He hasn't been active. People are questioning his ability and his skill. Yes, his last fight was the highest pay-per-view event ever for the UFC, but that's people forget that that's because of Khabib as well. Before that, the numbers were nowhere near. So Khabib's got a huge following. Conor had a huge following. You know, it, it, it was a massive, massive event, but... Connor alone didn't sell all those those pay-per-views. That was that was literally due to everything that had gone on there. Fucking 
the dolly being thrown at the truck. Even them going back years ago when they were talking about training together, doing whatever, they, they seemed like they liked each other initially and then this bad blood started and Artem Lobov was getting involved and... I don't know. It, it's just all a bit of a soap opera, really. Um, and McGregor seems to play that very well. Very, very, very well. Um, I don't believe it for a second. He's talking about how he's slipping into retirement. Everyone's talking about he's got these other investments, his whiskey, his suit line, his clothing thing, all that. Well, the clothing thing, where's that? We keep hearing coming soon, but whatever. Proper 12 whiskey. Again, I haven't had a sip of it yet, but I hear it's absolutely rancid and one of the worst whiskeys on the market. Just genuinely, not even because it's Conor McGregor haters. I've heard from independent whiskey, you know, whatever, these reviewers and people do it, it, that apparently it's absolutely fucking shocking. And it is only selling due to his name that's on it. Now, the problem with that when you leave a business that made you famous and made you get that money in the first place, the problem is that then when you don't engage with that audience that first, you know, learned to love you and wanted to be, wanted to watch your every move and watch your every fight and they wanted to listen to every press conference you were doing, when you leave that behind, those people aren't going to be buying those whiskeys anymore. And that initial that initial out the blocks thing happens with businesses as well they they when when they comes with a star like that they will have a huge output to begin with and a huge sales like leap as soon as they go forward and obviously he went around america doing his tour and stuff but that's business you know you the initial thing's always going to be more when you're famous than the the sales through it so he's looking at this like oh well I don't need any more money I'm set for life he keeps saying that, but why would you sign a new contract with the UFC just before the Khabib fight? Six fights or something like that. Um, and why would you say the night before on the television show? I think it was Jimmy, one of the it was Kim or Fanon, one of those people. But he he said he was looking to fight in June. He was talking about how. Things weren't going right, they just hadn't fallen into place. Obviously, there was the whole back and forth with Donald Cerrone, which I thought was going to be a great fight. I think he should have taken that. Um, then a couple of days before all this, again, he was talking in Chicago about how he would definitely do a co-main event, because that was what stopped him from doing the Cerrone fight. He would definitely do a co-main event if he was given some sort of shares in the company. I mean, he tried this before. He tried this before they sold, and he's trying it again now. It's a different ball game. You know, they, they were playing the easy game of Conor Gunner because when they were selling it, he added so much value to the company that they had to keep him sweet. They had to keep him going. They had to keep their cash cow, uh, you know, ready and available. But now that this new company have taken over, um, WME, and Ari Emanuel, particularly who heads it up, they're, they're not in the same boat as the Fatitas and Dana White. They're, they've got a different business direction. And their whole thing at the minute is that I think they're starting to listen to their fans a bit more about the legitimacy of the sport. And people were starting to get really annoyed um, with the whole main events not being titles, etc. And lardy fucking da. But that's the hardcore fans. Casuals don't give a fuck. People who just tune in every now and then, watch fight, like it. 
they don't give a fuck, you know, it's got nothing to do with them, but I think, I think they're trying to build something with a bit of prestige at the minute, because they slipped into that money-making thing very quickly, and they discovered that with Ronda Rousey gone, with Conor McGregor gone, with John Jones suspended, the buy rates just weren't there. Brock Lesnar was suspended. Nothing, nothing was there like it should have been for the UFC. Um, and so now they realise they need to build and capitalise on the stars that they've got, and they need to build them and focus on them. I think that's what's happened. I mean, obviously, don't quote me. This is all just fucking bullshit coming from a, a fat guy who sits at a fucking desk talking bollocks. But I think it's a, a tactical ploy by both sides. I don't think the UFC want to negotiate with him hard anymore. I think they've had enough of his antics. They've had enough of what he does. Yes, he brings eyes to it, but he also brings the wrong eyes to it. Um, the whole thing with the dolly, he's just served that probation there. He then got arrested in Florida for breaking a fan's phone. That was only a, a few weeks ago. And then it surfaced a few weeks ago. Well, we all knew this on Twitter. We all knew the rumours were that Conor McGregor was under investigation for a rape of a, of a girl in Dublin. Um, he hasn't been charged currently, that's got to be said. And it's only allegedly. But again, this is bringing the wrong eyes to the market. This is... This is putting people back in that savage realm. And people don't want to see that. They don't want to see a guy who had the world at his feet, who then just became like every other fucking scrote that stepped inside a ring. You know, everyone who just said they were angry and wanted to fuck things up. It's not a good look for the sport. It's not a good look for the UFC. It's not a good look for Connor at all. You know, the whole thing is just fucking awful at the moment. Um... I don't know how his fucking girlfriend puts up with him. It must be all the fucking money she's got in the the bank at the minute. But apparently the rumours are he's always shagging everywhere. He's always doing the wrong shit. He got into trouble with the Kinnahan gang as well in Dublin. Uh, and he had to go to Dubai and pay off one of the guys who didn't get murdered. I mean, you know, it's Conor McGregor. The only thing that beats Conor McGregor is Conor McGregor. And you could see in that Khabib fight he just wasn't sharp. He wasn't there. He he hasn't been fighting regularly. He doesn't know what he's doing. So, yeah, the retirement might be real. He might realise, actually, I'm not as dedicated to this. But to me, it all seems a negotiating tactic and one that I think is going to backfire on him. Um, I personally have no problem with main events not being title fights. The two Diaz fights that he had are two of the three most grossing fights and Khabib is the other one. Connor was not the champion in any of these fights. There was the championship fight for Khabib, but people weren't watching it for the title. People were watching that because of the grudge match. I've already mentioned that. So, to me, it doesn't make much sense where, you know, Connor's going with this. Dana White seems pretty happy to just let him retire. Um, again, I can't blame him. You know, the wrong eyes are on the situation, and that's not good for anyone, really. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 move on from Connor anyway because he's he's a boring bastard. Um, but yeah, you know. The, but the, what this did bring up is Artem Lobov, who's been known as one of Connor's many allies, posted and then quickly deleted a footage yesterday of him uppercutting Connor in sparring and putting the caption "bum." And then he talked about how dancers 
want to dance, they have to dance all the time, and fighters have to fight all the time. There's no room for pussies. It's been hinted that that is a, you know, a jibe at Connor. And I think, you know, John Kavanagh distanced himself a few months ago. Connor's alienating everyone that got him to where he is. Uh, you never see Gunnar Nelson with him anymore. You never see any of these top-class fighters around him. Dylan Danish, yes, but he's also just a gobshite like Connor. I mean, he's probably the nicest fucking kid in the world away from him. But when he's around Connor, he's just a, a pain in the ass. But um, Arsene Lobo, the reason why I wanted to come on to him is he signed with the Bare Knuckle Fighting Promotion. And I'm going to be watching it because it's going to be him and Jason Knight. And I think that that is going to be a great fucking fight, personally. Um, I would have liked to have seen that just in the UFC anyway. Um, Jason Knight, really unlucky in his run in the UFC, I thought. He was on the end of some decisions that I didn't think were right. He got caught a few times in submissions and stuff. I, I just think he had an unfortunate run and um, bare knuckle seems to be where a lot of the money is at the minute. And I think that, you know, there's less injuries, there's less trauma. There's It is what it is, you know. People say, oh, it's worse because it's a bare knuckle. Well, no, actually, you can't take as many as those punches because bone on bone is different to a pad on bone. It's, it's very, you know, strange place to, you know, very... Thin ice to tread, as it were, whether it's more dangerous or not. But I'm excited for that fight. But also, Lobo's talking about down the line fighting Paulie Magliani. Um, Paulie has also signed to the same promotion. Now, what worries me there is this is a guy who... I think he was a two-weight champion. De- very good boxer, very decent. Never elite, but just underneath the elite. He was one of those... Why does he have to do it? I mean, he's got a good gig, he's a commentator, does whatever. Is he that broke, Paulie, that he needs to do this shit? Like, I don't understand why he's risking his reputation and everything else that goes on it to go in with these guys. Like, you know, Lobov and Jason Knight, for all their talents, are not boxers by trade. They're not a silky or... Maybe he just wants to go in there because he thinks he can destroy everyone. I don't know, but I'd love to see that fight down the line. Um... It'd be hilarious watching Lobo just get lit up one after another. But yeah, one of them. Um, now also, so there's another fight that's been announced that I'm really looking forward to. It's a while away, it's the end of April, but Mike Perry versus uh, Alex Oliveira, the, the cowboy. That's just going to be a fucking bar burner. And I think that should be a main event of any fucking Fox card or anything like that. It it should be the top of the chain because that is a fun fight no matter what. It's just gonna be fireworks the whole time. So let's, let's wait for that bad boy. Also, apparently UFC's working on Ben Askren versus Jorge Masvidal. Makes sense to me. Uh, Usman's a little bit injured, I think, with his foot. They also want to give him Covington first due to their you know background and their back and forth. Also, Masvidal won't want to tread on Covington's toes because they're good friends. But Askren and Masvidal make sense because they both had big wins over Till and Robbie Lawler. Yes, the Robbie Lawler one was debatable, but it wasn't actually that debatable. He would have carried on squeezing that forever. Um, I think that's a great fight. And I think, apparently, Ben Askren keeps coming online saying that Jorge's running scared. Don't believe that for a second. Um, Jorge's never been the type of fighter to turn down anything or be the scared kind. It doesn't make much sense to me. But that's a great fucking fight. And the reason why I think that's a great fight is that Jorge's very well-rounded. Ben Askren, for certain, has got wrestling ability that will beat 
99.9% of people in the UFC. But Masvidal's wily, and he's a great veteran, great boxing, great jiu-jitsu. I think it's a really tough fight for Askren. He's a guy that doesn't give up as well. I mean, you saw him get hit by Till. He got absolutely fucking starched that left hand in the first round, and he just, he laughed. He thought, fuck me, you know, that was a good hit. He just loves fighting that guy. So Askren, I think he's talking all this shit. He, he, Askren's very good at staying relevant when he doesn't have to be. Um, I like him. I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a great personality. He's kind of what the UFC needed. But I don't think Masvidal's running scared. I do think Askren will win that fight. I think it'll be a decision thing. I don't think you'll put Masvidal away. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fucking great fight overall. Um, but now looking towards the weekend. I mean... Again, it's a card... There's not a lot on it that I would say I am desperate to see. But there are some really interesting fights on it. First of all, the main event is Barbosa versus Gaethje. We all know that that is going to be absolutely fucking phenomenal. Both, First of all, Barbosa is an unbelievable striker. When you watch him... Just watch the way his hands move when he throws strikes. Everything is perfect. The angles, the, the it's just perfect. Gaethje, on the other hand, has great skills, but he's not perfect. He will drag you into the fight that he wants to drag you into. Yeah, he's been stopped a couple of times now, and you know, but that was always going to happen with his style. I do worry about him against Barbosa because Barbosa's different to the other guys. I mean, leg kicks particularly. Gaethje probably won't stay at range for long, though, for spinning kicks or anything like that, so it will be just wearing down his legs, and that will happen eventually. Although, I remember Gaethje did take a 1,000 leg kicks in one fight, and he just didn't stop coming forward. So, fuck knows what's happening there, but, yeah. I I, I think that's going to be an explosive fight. I think... Just on mentality alone, I think Gaethje's going to win. He's going to struggle, but he's going to win. And the reason why I think that is, when we've seen Barbosa in the past when he's in trouble, and he gets tired as well, but when he's in trouble, he doesn't do well. He falters quite a lot, and he he panics, and he, he doesn't really know how to get in and out of it. So Gaethje, I think he wins that fight. I'm finally putting out a prediction before next week so that we can all say whether I'm right or wrong um, David Branch versus Jack Hermanson is the uh, is the co-main now David Branch I think he just got starched didn't he by Jared Cannonier in his middleweight debut um, yeah and Hermanson is on a good run he did lose a couple of fights good to Thiago Santos but who doesn't who doesn't that guy's a monster Anyway, he's on. Uh, he beat Gerald Mershine in his last fight. He beat Talisloises before that. He's beaten Bradley Scott. I mean, they're not great people on his record, but then again, they're better than anyone I've faced. Now, David Branch, on the other hand, has been seen as elite for quite a long time. Uh, he did lose to Cannonier, and I thought I, I genuinely thought Cannonier was going to win that fight. I know, but I bet on him. I've got proof down the line somewhere, but I did bet on him. But um, Branch. It's always been a very, very good fighter, and he's always been at the top. But he's always been at the top of the same guys. Like in the UFC, he's two and two. 
He was undefeated for fuck knows how long before that. Years, five, six years before that. In WS, uh, the World Series of Fighting, same as where Gaethje was from. They were both champions there. Um, I don't see, I don't see Branch winning this fight either. I mean, Hermanson to me, he's not that great of a fighter, but he is reaching his peak time at thirty. Branch is thirty-seven now. I think it's the time that it passes down from gatekeeper to gatekeeper, and that's what we're going to see this weekend. I think Hermanson's going to win. Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. I like that fight, Josh Emmett. Kind of a guy that was not really spoken about at all until he KO'd, I think it was Ricardo Lamas, and it was horrifying, that KO. I mean, he, he deaded him. Um, he's fighting Michael Johnson, who is a fucking guy that annoys me so much because he never really kick-started his career anywhere. I mean, you, you always thought it was going to get better and better, but he's 19 and 13 now. He kind of exchanges wins and losses. He's one of those fighters. He's very good at being in a fight and sticking in a fight but he's not very good at winning fights his fight IQ is limited he struggles with his weight cut to 145 I think um, which I think he's back down at again for this fight he's just a frustration to me a real frustration I'd like to see him kick on and do what he can but again he's a guy he's coming on in age you know he's 32 33 Um, he should be doing better than he is Josh Emmett's actually older than him, but he's 13-2. He lost to Jeremy Stevens in his last fight, which was over a year ago as well, to be fair. So, I mean, we don't know how Emmett's going to look, what he's going to do. Again, it's just one of those. But Michael Johnson, he's coming off a win over Artem Lobov, actually, which it's not a great one to do. And then a split decision over Andre Feely. Again, not two great guys. But before that, he lost five and six. Um, Elkins, Gaethje, Khabib... Nate Diaz and Darius lost to with a, a win over Poirier in the middle. But that win over Poirier was an odd one. Um, those two just fucking hate each other for some reason. And Johnson got the better of him in exchange. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're the fights that I'm kind of looking forward to. There's also uh, Ross Pierce and Desmond Green. I just want to see Ross Pierce and beat the shit out of Desmond Green because he killed two people while driving on suspended license last year and also rumours that he was high as a fucking kite but oh well Casey Kenny the first ever interim champ champ he was an interim champion in LFA in both flyweight and bantamweight he's fighting Ray Borg Ray Borg is the infamous guy uh, that fought Mighty Mouse at short notice to believe and then he also had that issue with Conor McGregor and also shout out to Ray Borg he's with his son who's going through ridiculous amounts of um Ridiculous amounts of surgeries and things like that. He's very ill, I understand. And shout out to Brendan Shaw as well. Apparently he did keep up to his word and pay most of his son's medical bills. It's, it, sometimes, you know, you see these guys. Brendan Shaw is a guy that pisses me off. But that's only because of his knowledge on MMA and how he thinks he is. You know, he thinks he's better than everyone else. But he's doing shit like that. So you've got to say deep down he's a fucking great human being. And, you know, it's... It's really sad when you see these fighters. I mean, Ray Borg obviously couldn't fight for a while looking for his kid, looking after his kid, and then he's still got to fight, you know, but his kid's on death's door. How do you make that choice to devote half your, you know, well, it's not even half your life, you devote 100% of your life to a fight camp. You, you, I've only done mild bits here and there when I was looking to do a fight last year, but you devote so much time, so much effort. I was in there three hours a day just for an amateur fight. That was just the training aspect. 
Then you've got to imagine he's got to earn money other ways, teaching, doing whatever. He's also got to eat the right things, do the right things, while also getting to the hospital and looking after his kid and doing whatever. It's just shit for him. I hope he comes away uh, with the win, but I also want to see Casey Kenny win. I think he's one of those guys that deserves a chance from LFA. Um, yeah, I mean, again, not a lot of people I'm that excited about. Um, Kevin Aguilar, he's a guy that was in LFA as well. I'd like to see him mix it up and, and get more than just a decision win. Even though he did beat Rick Glenn, who is a tough guy to fucking beat um, in his UFC debut. So, yeah, I'd like to see it, but who knows what's going to happen. Who the fuck knows. Anyway, not much more I can talk about this upcoming weekend, but I will say, like I said before, I've said finally that I've put out you know, I've said it. I think Gage is going to win. We'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, this is all I can do this week. My throat's fucking killing me already. I feel like shit. Head's full of fucking cold. But I hope you all take it easy. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>